This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams. Today we have a lot of apps to talk about. Uh, all your favorites, some crazy ones, some travel ones, and everything uh, in between. Our Hot 5 this week is uh, the Hot 5 app countdown on recording your screen time, like how much time you're in front of screens. You'd be surprised. Uh, we also uh, will be uh, chatting about uh, Facebook tips and uh, iPhone tips uh, as well. But let's talk about some of the app news, uh, Graham, uh, that uh, has come out this week. Uh, the Once app. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. A dating app. And this particular app uh, is asking women to rate men on whether they appear worse in real life. This one kind of feels like a bit of a PR play because it's like one of those things where you could say, did the person appear like their picture? And that would be an okay way to say it. But when you say, did somebody, did he appear worse in real life? Specifically for just, you know, pointing out one gender seems a little one-sided here. This isn't very nice, is it? No. So once the, uh, the app people here have said that the reviews are aimed to combat millennial dating problems uh, and they'll be reviewed by humans before being published under users' profiles. I mean, there's a there's a big problem out there in dating apps called catfishing, and this is a thing where uh, you know someone takes a picture with a selfie angle or uses Photoshop to make them look make themselves look better than what they do, and obviously that's a, that's a challenge because if you show up for a date and you don't recognize the person that you were uh, supposed to be meeting, that can be challenging. And if somebody is not as advertised, I think that's probably also frustrating. So, I mean, it's a problem that dating apps are trying to solve. Um, you know, basically coming back and saying, did somebody look worse? Uh, than their pictures. That's just flat out rude. So uh, once, uh, again, this is the dating app we're talking about, uh, launched in 2016, and uh, they also have another feature that allows women to rate how a conversation is going with a thumbs up or down symbol. Wow, it really just feels like it's taking the, the magic out of everything, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know what? Uh, sorry, but what man would want to use this app? Yeah, I'm I'm flat out. I, no, I get yeah. I get what they're trying to do here, but um, there's so many different apps out there. I would almost think that this would uh, put off a lot of men. Well, and the question is, you know, if you're using this app, the type of per- type of person on the other side of the table who's you know rating you is that necessarily somebody that you want to be going out with? It seems a little judgmental, doesn't it? <laughs> and then there are plenty of other options. So you know what? Maybe we can rate once and say, you know what, you're worse than we thought you were. Thumbs down to you. Yeah, I I see where they're coming from. What they're trying to help here is uh, making women feel safe and protected, Mm -hmm. uh, essentially. Because I can imagine, I haven't been using dating apps because I've been happily married for many years, uh, that you get a lot of crazy crap coming at you if you're a woman. I would imagine so, yes. I'm I'm not a woman. I have not been a woman, so I can't really speak to that. Um, But, uh, you know, we used to talk to each other. Um, we used to, you know, <laughs> meet in public spaces and have no, dates dead. that went well and that's went badly. Dead, that's dead. And so, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I understand the need for dating apps, but it seems like sometimes maybe we're taking it a step too far. Uh, so another dating app, a very popular one, Tinder was dealt a blow down in the U.S. Uh, this week. Uh, they have... Uh, had a court ruling against them in California that uh, says that they can't uh, charge older people higher subscription prices. So down uh, in the U.S., uh, the app is free to use, but those over 30 can pay $20 per month for unlimited likes, uh, super likes, a rewind option in case you accidentally disliked a profile. Uh, And you can also have a feature that lets you see what profiles look like in different towns. Uh, Except if you're under 30, instead of $20, 
it just costs ten dollars. Yeah, that's what we call ageism. It, it flat out is discrimination, and shame on Tinder for ever bringing it up. Um, you know, this is the type of thing that should not happen. You should not be discriminated on you know, for your your gender, your, uh, your sexual orientation, your age, your race, your religion. These ones are common sense things, and somebody at Tinder needs a smack uh, for even suggesting it. You feel strongly about this. a little bit, yes. Tinder making money. Yeah. This this is interesting. Uh, uh, great article on TechCrunch.com. Twitter is suddenly making money and Wall Street likes it a whole lot. Now, the interesting thing about this article is not that Twitter has found a way to be more profitable through new acquisition of, of funds. Uh, they've cut costs, which means that they were probably a little bloated to begin with. Uh, so here what we're looking at. Uh, their Q4 revenues uh, were up. Uh, up to 731 million compared to 686 million, uh, which was expected by uh, Wall Street. Uh, and monthly active users, 330 million compared to uh, the analyst targets of 333 million. So kind of flat, but uh, again, not decreasing. One of those things that we're seeing, though, and we're seeing a lot of uh, requests for Tinder, uh, for t- Twitter, pardon me, to look into this, is how many bots are on there. Um, if you take a look at fake s- users. Yes, bots, uh, you know, directed by, um, you know, Either governmental entities. Uh, there's a lot of questions about that right now. There's one particular celebrity who happens to be in government right now who appears to have quite a few uh, bot followers. So uh, there's a lot of investigation going into that right now. And Twitter do has that? been. Do we know that person? I uh, I don't know. I mean, you might play a trump card on that one, but. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, Twitter, Twitter has been very resistant in actually the efforts to try to remove bots from this network, mostly because it seems like a lot of their numbers are being propped up by this. So, you know, that's, uh, that's the, the, the challenge to Twitter in 2018 is make things look more honest by showing us who's real and who's not. Do you think if they took away all the fake users that their account, their user count would drop that dramatically? Plummet. Absolutely. 100%. Really? Yeah, there's a, there's actually a number of uh, sites online where you can see uh, the bot armies and you know who they're retweeting and what they're retweeting because you can actually start to get an idea of how political discourse is being controlled uh, by these bot armies and bot networks. Um, and you know, we're, we're Twitter to actually do the responsible thing and take action against these groups. It would be a very different landscape in the Twitter sphere. Apple is rejecting apps from the App Store for using emojis. So this is something very specific, not for using emojis in general. You're allowed to have those in the keyboard, but using them to promote the app or using them in screenshots uh, is actually a violation of Apple's copyright because these particular emojis are something that Apple has created. So so they're going after these app guys. Yeah, don't use our intellectual property. It's kind of fair, straight up. And you, you agree with this? I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Apple has removed Telegram, uh, a messaging app, uh, very good from a privacy perspective, uh, from the App Store uh, over uh, allegations of uh, distribution of child pornography. Now, now the app is back. It was removed temporarily, but it's 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 back again, and it's something that uh, it was a relatively quick fix. Um, and I think we can all applaud both Apple and Telegram for taking quick action on this. Basically, as soon as it was identified to Apple, they removed it from the App Store. They notified Telegram. Telegram went through, took action, and then. Uh, put it back into the app store. Um, this is, you know, we've talked a little bit about uh, artificial intelligence being able to identify uh, stuff like this. Um, you know, we have seen that uh, basically these digital fingerprints and metadata are being used to identify uh, questionable files and 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 uh, questionable file transfers. That's one of the things that happened in this case. So, you know, great for Apple, great for Telegram, great for users, and great for people fighting back against child pornography. 
But this has happened a number of times with Telegram. I think Indonesia tried to ban the app because uh, they were distributing or people are distributing ISIS uh, propaganda on it. Like, wouldn't that be diff- uh, difficult for Telegram to police that all the time? It would be, 100%. And here's the thing is, you know, uh, certain types of speech are not uh, not illegal. Uh, but things when things are illegal, it's very quick to take action on that. I mean, Telegram sort of, it's a bit of a necessary good and a necessary evil. I mean, being able to have secure, uh, anonymous, end-to-end encrypted communications is essential to our privacy. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, that's great for those of us who are the good guys. Uh, the bad guys are also using it out there. And so the question is, how to how do we... Uh, control that type of communication and you know it ne- won't necessarily happen on that platform but being able to uh, find them in other ways is something that we're going to have to do let's learn something uh, about our iphones now iphone tip of the week unleash the power of your ios device what do you got for us graham so this week's iphone tip of the week can help you save data while you're on the go if you have an app that is particularly data hungry and you can do that by cutting it off so to block specific apps from using your cellular data, go to Settings and choose Cellular, then scroll down to Use Cellular Data 4. You're going to find a whole list of apps there. And to cut off that app, just scroll down to find the app. You can actually see how much it's been using. Flip that switch. It's a great way of keeping yourself from those exorbitant data fees from Canada's big four nearly competition-free cellular providers. So basically, you can keep yourself under your limit for the month and save some money. So that's this week's iPhone Tip of the Week, turning off cellular data for specific apps. When we come back, still lots more apps to talk about, uh, including what's streaming and also the Hot 5. You're listening to the App Show with Mike Agarbo with Graham Williams. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Still lots more to talk about on today's program, including our Hot 5 app countdown and also what's streaming on the streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Crave TV. And, of course, our Travel App of the Week uh, at the end of the program. I want to talk about uh, technology and smartphones uh, now. Interesting story out of Toronto. The uh, Toronto Police Service is now equipping some officers uh, with Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus smartphones. On the line right now, we've got Police Constable Andrew Goodine. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. I, I thought you guys would probably already have smartphones. Uh, is that the case or is this something new? Um, it is something new in the sense that uh, frontline officers are now going to be issued smartphones. There are uh, smartphones that have been in circulation and in use in the service uh, for a few years now, but in terms of getting them out to the front lines, that's what's happening now. Uh, are officers using their, their own smartphones, typically? In terms of their personal phones? Yeah. Uh, well, I couldn't speak for every officer, but uh, in terms of personal use, um, once again, I couldn't speak to in terms of if they have them or not, but uh, we are, uh, uh, some do carry their personal phones. And so what is the advantage now of actually uh, equipping the officers with these uh, these smartphones? What can they do for them? Um, I would say the real advantage is in terms of um, providing officers with relevant information that is relevant to their jobs and their duties that they're performing out there, giving them real-time information to act um, wherever they are, regardless of whether they're in a scout car, uh, out on patrol, out on foot, uh, in the station, uh, in uh, various uh, areas in their communities that they serve. They have access to uh, information that's going to help them out to perform their jobs wherever they are. So right now, without the smartphones, how are they getting that information? I know that you guys have computers in the cars and you obviously must have stuff back at the station as well. Yes, correct. So we have uh, what we call mobile workstations, which are in the uh, computer in the car, 
Um, and as well, you're correct, we have uh, desktop uh, workstations at the stations as well. How many smartphones are we talking about here? Um, right now, we are deploying devices to 51 Division, which is a downtown division in Toronto. Uh, there are 236 devices to be deployed, uh, which our, deploy, our deployment began on January 31st. How do you deal with security? You're obviously looking up sensitive information about uh, individuals. Like, how secure are these smartphones? If you lost one, could I start looking up my uh, my neighbors? Uh, no. So if a um, if a device is lost, they are essentially rendered uh, inoperable uh, to anybody who may uh, come across them uh, if they are lost. Have you yourself started using one? Uh, I have. I have been actually testing out uh, a couple devices. Uh, since uh, summer of 2017. Why do you think they went with the uh, the Samsung Galaxy S8? Um, well, I can tell you that we had a technical working group as well as a working group with our frontline officers that was put together to test out um, certain devices and certain platforms. Um, the decision to go with um, uh, the Samsung devices right now had more to do with a um, operational component in terms of getting access to certain um, private information that was only available on the Samsung devices. But more importantly to that, it's not really about the device that we're using. Um, the program has de- been developed in an agnostic, agnostic uh, sort of way in terms of it does not matter actually what kind of device we are using. The uh, business applications work the same no matter what kind of device you're using. What's the best part about using these smartphones for you? Uh, for me, I would just say that it's, uh, it's untethering me. It doesn't matter where I am. I can get, uh, I'm connected to the information that I need to do my job, regardless of where I am. And so now, basically, you've got this, this computer in your hand, so if I, if I commit a crime, you can obviously take a picture of me and check me out online? Um, well, I mean, the, these, these smartphones have the capabilities just as we as consumers are, are used to them as, right? There's, there's cameras on them, there's video uh, capabilities, audio recording capabilities. Everything that you're used to as a consumer, um, we have that capabilities on the phones. Is it uh, a plan to roll these out to uh, all the, uh, the Toronto Police Service? Um, so this is a, a three-year uh, plan that is part of our uh, modernization plan for the service. Um, so we're, uh, once again, we're in the phase one of our plan right now, which is deploying to the first division, which is 51 division. And then we're going to um, continue to, in a phased approach, uh, look at deploying to the rest of the service. You may not know this answer. You may or may not know this answer, but uh, obviously there's a cost to outfitting all these smartphones. Are, are there any potential savings uh, as far as time? Um, oh, yes, definitely. Um, I'm sure you can imagine that the efficiencies that can be gained by using modern technology are huge. Um, there's different uh, use cases, I'm sure you could imagine, uh, that police officers have uh, in different roles, um, different ways that they uh, communicate to the, uh, with their neighborhoods and with their communities. Um, and just the way uh, that they receive information and communicate has become way more effective and much more efficient uh, with the use of these smartphones. Have any other jurisdictions ex- expressed interest in this? Uh, in terms of other services? Yeah. Um, we are in constant communication with other services, uh, specifically within the GTA, um, as well as our provincial service, the OPP, um, and then nationally, obviously, um, in contact uh, with the RCMP, 
Um, and um, specifically out in your neck of the woods, the um, Vancouver Transit Police actually uh, is using a mobile platform, I believe, for um, smart notebooks. Very cool. Uh, we're talking all about uh, smartphones uh, being used by the Toronto uh, Police Service, uh, getting them untethered from their their cars uh, and the office. I want to thank you for joining us, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Let's uh, switch gears now and uh, find out what the crazy app of the week is with Graham. Graham, what have you got? Our crazy app of the week uh, this week is the sequel to Natural's Reigns, and this is Reigns Her Majesty for Android. Uh, this is a, uh, a game that you can download, and essentially you're set up as the king or queen of a kingdom, and you have to, uh, it's actually queen of the kingdom, and you have to make decisions uh, that are put in front of you by swiping left or right. So it presents a situation to you, and like Tinder, you can either uh, make a decision to the positive to swipe right or to the negative to swipe left. And you're looking to complete specific goals, and essentially by swiping left and swiping right, you get closer to achieving a better reign for your kingdom. Thank you, Graham. We still have lots more to talk about on today's program, uh, including the Hot Five, uh, of course, what's streaming on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon, and all sorts of other tips and tricks as well. Don't forget to hit our website, uh, appshowradio.com. And we also have a sister show, which you might uh, know about, Get Connected Radio. It airs every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time on CKNW 980 here in Vancouver and across a number of other chorus radio stations as well. You can check it out uh, online. Uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, great tech content we discuss uh, on a regular uh, basis. And at getconnectedmedia.com, uh, we also have regular tech contests as well, giving away uh, all sorts of cool uh, tech products. When we come back, more app talk. Stay tuned here on The App Show with Mike Agarbo. You're back with The App Show. Mike and Graham here in studio. We still have lots more to talk about, including our uh, Hot Five. Uh, before we get there, though, let's find out what the Facebook Tip of the Week is. Graham, what do you got? So this week's Facebook Tip of the Week is great for those of you who have made new friends as life has changed, uh, but you don't necessarily want to see what's gone before. This is limiting who can see your past posts. So by tapping on this button, it will change the viewing permission of all your past posts to friends only, even if they were um, public-facing before. So this is great if you've had things out in public and you want to put a lock on them. So to get there, tap on your profile, tap Settings, and tap Privacy. Scroll down to see Limit Who Can See Your Past Posts, Click on that and then tap Limit Past Posts. In one click, you can get some of your privacy back. And that is this week's Facebook Tip of the Week. The Weekly App Hot 5. Well, this is uh, an interesting uh, Hot 5 uh, app countdown. These are the Hot 5 apps for tracking your screen time. And uh, you would be surprised at how much time you spend in front of screens. It's kind of scary. There, there are two big ones for me, Facebook and Reddit. And I just go down those rabbit holes like you would not believe. <laughs> Number five on the Hot 5 this week for tracking your screen time app usage. And this is uh, free for Android users. This is free with some, uh, some premium features, so it lets you dig into how your phone is being used, seeing what you've done today, and finding out which apps you use the most. You can also set some reminders, so if you hit a certain time limit on certain apps um, without taking a break, it'll give you a poke and say, hey, stop doing that. We're talking about the Hot 5 app countdown for tracking your screen time this week. Number four is Rescue Time. This one uh, is, again, free with a $9 a month premium service. And it's available on Android and also uh, on the web for Mac and Windows users. Yeah, and the premium service actually gets you some uh, more deep reports on the apps and websites that you're spending time on. So if you're looking to get some more analysis into what you're doing to see if you can help solve these problems, it's actually worth the money. So what, what's it about this one that makes it good? 
it's the reporting. It really comes down to these easy to read reports. It kind of lays this out in a way that's uh, easy to, to digest and very, very clear as to where you're spending your time. Number three on the hot five for tracking your screen time. This one is for iOS. Uh, it's free, but it also has a $5.50 premium service. It's called Moment. So this one's a really great one. So it tracks your overall usage, the apps that you use, um, and the uh, the premium service comes with a 14-day uh, boot camp feature. So that basically lets you make you make uh, makes you rethink your relationship with your phone, gives you the tools to stop picking it up. I think we've all done that. You know, you look at your phone, you put it away in your pocket, then you immediately pull it back out again. Uh, so this helps you build better habits. A uh, very cool uh, way to, to go about being better about your phone. Number two on uh, the hot five for tracking your screen time it's instant this one is for android and ios and it's two bucks a month and again this is sort of a nice one because it gives you that life log that's all of your activities so time spent on your phone but also will track fitness time time spent in certain places uh, via gps uh w- when you're sleeping and when you're traveling the uh the reports are what you get for your two dollars a month and this gives you some actionable insights so it gives you some suggestions on how to make changes uh for the better Number one on the weekly hot five here on the app show. These are the hot five apps for tracking your screen time. It's quality time and it's free and for Android users. Nice thing about this one, again, cleanly laid out information as well as the frequency on when you use each app. You can also set some custom alerts and some profiles. So when you want to set up some uh, some family time or some office time, um, you can block certain apps, which is great. You know, if you're going to go to dinner, uh, you can block messaging apps and that sort of thing. So you won't be disturbed. It's a, it's a great little app and the price is right. That was the uh, Hot 5 countdown this week. Again, Hot 5 apps for tracking uh, your screen time. Uh, We still have lots more to talk on today's program here on the app show, including streaming app of the week and crazy app of the week and what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV. Before we get there, uh, Graham, you've got a game. I do indeed. And this week's game of the week is Goat Simulator. It's a game about being a goat. Goat Simulator. Yep. This is a very popular app. Yeah. You're you're a goat. That's that's pretty much it. If you've ever played the Tony Hawk games, uh, the skating games, it's kind of like that. You basically your goal is to cause as much damage as possible as a goat, uh, running around doing tricks to wreck stuff. The game is very buggy. It crashes all the time. Um, it's seven bucks. So the disclaimer for this game says it all. And I'm going to quote here: Goat Simulator is a completely stupid game. And to be honest, you should probably spend your money on something else, such as a hula hoop. <laughs> A pile of bricks, or maybe pool your money together with your friends and buy a real goat. So that's all I've got for you. It's seven bucks. If you've got too much money, go spend it. They have different add-on packs for this thing as well, or different versions. They do. Too. Yeah, there's there's like a, an Elder Scrolls Skyrim style of uh, like Norse goat. I think it just puts a helmet on your goat, kind of like Thor. Um, yeah, there's there's goats. Thank you, Graham. When we come back, what's streaming this week on Netflix? Stay tuned here on The App Show. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike and Graham here in studio today. Before we get to uh, what's streaming on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon, Graham, what have you got for the streaming app of the week? The streaming app of the week for this week is CBC Music. So this is an app that is devoted to giving you free access to Canadian music all across the country and actually around the world. So this app is available for Android, iOS, and tvOS on your Apple TV, and it will give you live video coverage of CBC Music events. Uh, It also gives you free access to CBC Radio 2 from anywhere in the world, which is a nice feature, and some free curated music streams from CBC's Music Tastemakers. So this is this week's streaming app of the week. That is CBC Music. 
streaming this week. Let's find out what's uh, happening on the different uh, streaming services, all sorts of uh, different uh, shows and movies. Uh, Let's start off with the uh, stuff that is streaming on Netflix. The first day I walked in, the first thing I noticed was how small it was. There's like 30 people who work here who are setting the direction for the entire U.S. government and in that way the entire world. This is a great documentary by Magnolia Pictures, again on Netflix, called The Final Year. And uh, it basically gives uh, a unique insider account of Barack uh, Obama's foreign policy team in the final year of his presidency. Yeah, I uh, actually saw something very similar about the first 100 days of the Trump administration, although it was actually uh, Zootopia, the movie. So, <laughs> Are you making a political statement, Greg? Maybe. Uh, also on Netflix, uh, coming up this week, Dismissed. He's this really bright kid. I think he could use a mentor. B plus? Yeah. It's good work. Where did you get your degree? I'm sorry? Where did you go to college? Has Lucas ever been in trouble before? Why? Alkali metals are highly reactive. I believe he's not the good kid he pretends to be. This is a, uh, a thriller about a student that comes to a new school who uh, looks brilliant and uh, gifted, but... Uh, Maybe he's a little uh, not right in the head. It's always the quiet ones. <laughs> Again, that one's called Dismissed uh, on uh, Netflix. This next one is Spooky Mama. Victoria and Lily were found in deplorable conditions. Their parents gone. Alone in the wilderness for at least five years. Hey, Victoria. How they survived is unexplainable. I'm your daddy's brother. Remember Uncle Luke? With a loving family environment. Victoria and Lily have a real chance at a normal life. You sure about this? Nope. Well, uh, it looks like a happy uh, ending there, but no. <laughs> it's a, uh, a horror movie from uh, Gilmero, uh, Gilmero del Toro. Guillermo. Yeah, I right. can't even pronounce it correctly. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, looks spooky. Yeah, I mean, he does a phenomenal job. Uh, most recently, The Shape of Water uh, has done uh, some really great film, films like uh, Pacific Rim um, and Pan's Labyrinth. So a uh, huge fan of the director. That one again called Mama. We also on Netflix have Mute. I want to know what the deal is with this crazy bartender. Sure you want our help with this? This kind of thing hurts my reputation. Daddy's got to go. Oh, no soda. Another sci-fi movie from uh, Netflix. It's just amazing how many movies they are popping out uh, on that service right now. I think 80 in the uh, this coming year. And this directed by uh, David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones. Um, I haven't heard much about him. I'm actually really excited from seeing this. Let's uh, switch over to uh, what's happening on Crave TV. Uh, a lot of people uh, love this series that was on HBO. They've got uh, season one to six, Girls. Hannah, your mother and I, we feel that it may be time for one final push. What is a final push? No more money. So I calculated, and I can last in New York for three and a half more days. Maybe seven, if I don't eat lunch. You should never be anyone's slave. Is that mine? He never, ever texts you back. My entire life has been one ridiculous mistake after another. When you get hungry enough, you're going to figure it out. Physically hungry or like hungry for the job? I am really going to miss your energy. <laughs> uh, groundbreaking series uh, about a bunch of uh, 20-something uh, girls in New York City trying to make their way in life. 
uh, funny, infuriating, uh, all sorts of emotions <laughs> when I watch this show. And it's got Adam Driver. So Yes, and uh, Lena Dunham. Uh, Adam Driver's done really well. This was the first kind of, I think, big breakout series for him. Uh, now he is in just about everything, including the Star Wars franchise. I'm, like, I'm actually going to think of this as a prequel to Star Wars 7. You do that. Uh, also on Crave TV this week, we have Game of Thrones Season 1 to 3. You understand why I did it? John said he was a deserter. But do you understand why I had to kill him? The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. That uh, Sean Bean playing the character of Ned Stark. Oh, Ned Stark. <laughs> One of those things where you, you know you saw him uh, build in the first season and it just went. I wonder if he'll be contracted for season two. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, if you like U2, uh, they have uh, U2 live in London on Crave TV, uh, a great uh, concert. You know, we're all formed by our first experiences, our first fights in the playground. This uh, was an amazing concert tour. I actually uh, got a chance to work uh, backstage uh, on this uh, tour when it was in Vancouver. We did uh, the electronic press kit, so we got to like interview Bono and The Edge and just see what was all happening uh, behind the scenes. But amazing stage. Uh, this one, uh, this particular concert, uh, taped in London. Uh, if you're a U2 fan, even if you're not, you just have to check it out. The music is uh, amazing, and the, the concert is amazing in itself. Can I give this a watch? On uh, Amazon, we have Human Flow, Amazon Prime Video. Being a refugee is much more than a political status. It is the most pervasive kind of cruelty that can be exercised against a human being. You are forcibly robbing this human being of all aspects that would make human life not just tolerable but meaningful in many ways. This is a fantastic documentary uh, about the global refugee uh, crisis and uh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. It's the type of important things that it, it is actually important to watch every once in a while. Also uh, coming uh, up uh, here, uh, this uh, particular uh, show, I believe, is uh, on Crave uh, TV as well. Is it Crave TV or no? It's Amazon. Star Trek? Star Trek is on Crave TV. Oh, Crave TV. That's right. Crave Sorry, TV. we'll just jump back to Crave TV here. Uh, the season one of uh, Star Trek Discovery, the latest Star Trek uh, series in a number of years, and uh, season finale. The only way to defeat fear is to tell it no. No, we will not allow desperation to destroy the path to righteousness. No, we will not break the rules that protect us from our basest instincts. The Klingons are on the verge of wiping out the Federation. We do not have the luxury of principle. That is all we have. Ooh, okay. So I love Star Trek. And when I first started watching the series, I, I thought it was good. But it has blown me away. As you get further into the series, there's 15 episodes, season one. They're all done now. It is amazing. It's like watching a 15-hour movie. They've done a really great job with this. And the thing is, I had a lot of friends who stopped after you know episode three or four saying, it's not Star Trek. There's something wrong here. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but they're absolutely right. There was something wrong there. And that's the point. This whole season has been, a, has been about whether or not 
uh, the crew of Discovery will stand by Federation principles or whether they will give in to a baser, more direct way if it's the only hope of winning. Uh, 15 episodes, absolutely phenomenal. If you, if you love Star Trek at all or if you enjoy sci-fi at all, give this a watch. Let's uh, get uh, a crazy app of the week. Uh, Grant, what do we got? Uh, this week's crazy app of the week is Binky. And Binky is kind Sorry, of... Sorry, Binky? Binky, B-I-N-K-Y. <laughs> okay. And it's free. And what it does is it actually puts a uh, sort of a random stream of stuff in front of you. Uh, pictures, animated GIFs, um, you know, little snippets of stories. And you can uh, you can like these stories. You can comment on them. You can swipe left and right like you can on Twitter. Uh, the thing with Binky is it's a social network with no network. So it puts all of this stuff in front of you. You can interact with it. You can like it. You can dislike it. But it goes nowhere. Uh, no one sees the things that you do. No one sees the comments that you write. No one cares that you swipe left or right. It basically gives you all of the um, you know, methods of social network interaction without actually contributing to a darn thing anywhere in the universe. Binky. Thanks, Graham. That is just weird. <laughs> crazy app of the week. That's why it's the crazy app. When we come back, travel app of the week. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike and Graham here in studio today. We've got one more segment left, and, uh, of course, it's Travel App of the Week. We have Christina on the line from Honduras, uh, obviously doing some traveling. Uh, what app do you have for us this week, Christina? I have an app called Live Trekker, and that's Trekker, T-R-E-K-K-E-R. Uh, and this one is available for both Android and iOS for free. This app actually creates a little digital journal of your travels. It tracks you as you go along and marks a red line around a map, mapping your exact route, and adds, lets you add photos and videos and audio so that you can look back on your travels and actually see your exact route. This is kind of kind of cool. So it kind of does it automatically for you. Is this something, um, once you're done, you can share with other people? Of course you can share it. You can share anything with the power of technology these days. And uh, so the photos and the videos, you, you have to add those manually. It just doesn't take the, the photos that you uh, have been taking as you're going along. No, no, you'll have to add those manually. But I think it's uh, worth your time if you're trying to build a little uh, you know, journal of where you've been and what you've seen. Uh, so this is your own personal travel journal, essentially. And uh, sorry, the price on this again? This one's free, both for Android and iOS. And how do they make money? They must have some in-app purchases or something. Well, I mean... We shouldn't worry about the app developers too much. They always find a way to make money. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, great. Uh, thanks for joining us again, Christina. Thanks, Mike. That's all the time we have left today on the App Show. Mike Graham and Christina signing off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.